Abstract with Clark and Alyssa. Hello, Alyssa. Hi, Clark. <laughs> did did, did, no, you, did you, you think of one? Did you? Did, did you? I think of a pun? Did you? Um, deus ex dabina. Yeah. Dabus ex machina. Dabus ex machina. <laughs> I'll try to get an episode title out just right away. <laughs> no, not Deus ex machina, huh? Nah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll figure out something. Deus ex Dabi. Deus ex Dabi. <laughs> okay. I like Dabi. God Whatever. is Dabi. I mean, <laughs> I think it works. All hail our house elf overlords. <laughs> He'd be very. He'd be benevolent. <laughs> yeah, he would be. He's a good. He's a good Dobby. As long as you give him sweaters and socks. Sweaters and socks. <laughs> well, we will talk about that as we discuss chapters twenty-six and twenty-seven of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, because that's what we're talking about. This is word struck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? Hello, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a classic Did start. Did we just do a parabola of um, conversation? <laughs> yes, yes. If you listen to that conversation, it's the exact same backwards as forwards. <laughs> yep. Love it. Love it. Race car. Well, uh, cool. <laughs> First of all, how are you doing? What's what's up, Alyssa? Hi. Hi. It's cold. It's cold outside. It's cold yes. Outside and in my house and everywhere oh, all the time. Broken furnace is no fun. <laughs> no in fun. This time of year. Happy holidays. Yeah. Broken furnace. <laughs> That's okay. I'll get through it. Yeah. But it's good. Otherwise, it's National Cookie Day. It's National Cookie Day? I didn't celebrate yet, but wow. I plan to tonight when I go home. I feel like some of our listeners are frantically Googling National Cookie Day and realizing that this episode came out like three months later. Yeah. <laughs> yup. Yup. That's okay. It's okay. There's enough time to plan now. That's true. That's true. For the next cookie day. <laughs> For real, I had the urge last night. Uh-huh. I didn't know that it was National Cookie Day today. And I had the urge last night to bake some cookies because you know holiday season and all of that and i wanted to but i'm about to go on a trip and so i was like i don't need cookies going stale in my house while i'm gone no No. one eating them and i also don't need to eat however many cookies i make man there's tonight before i go on a trip there's no one else that possibly could have helped you eat those cookies nope definitely not anyone not a uh, single person name rhymes with lark nope (laughs) Man, glad you didn't make those cookies. That would have been a tragedy. I, I, I decided to hold off on, on the Christmas thing until after I get back from my trip and just like go all out in a very short period of time. I like it. So that's what I decided. And then I realized today was National Cookie Day and I felt like <laughs> I missed a great opportunity <laughs> to just show up at work with cookies as people are telling me that it's National Cookie Day. You'd have <laughs> be been like, like, I know. I <laughs> heard the divine call to make cookies i didn't know why but here i am i answered <laughs> look at you syncing up with the year you know yeah. you really you really lined up well i was thinking about cookies yesterday i coincidentally watched the uh the biscuits as the british call it episode of great british baking show yesterday yep so it's good it is good so good what's your favorite cookie uh they really need to put ac in that tent uh, my favorite cookie boy are we talking like of all cookies or like of common cookie canon? Is the is the answer different? Mm. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
Girl Scout cookies, samosas. Costco cookies, white chocolate, macadamia nut. Cookies I know how to make, chocolate chip. Um, cookies my family knows how to make, chocolate chip. <sighs> I do like a good snickerdoodle. Um, and the types of peanut butter cookies where you use a fork to make a pattern on top. Okay. Um, that's my favorite cookie. All of those. Depending on context. <laughs> What's do you have a favorite cookie? Um, I'm a big fan of the molasses cookie. Ooh. And that's my favorite cookie that I make. Okay. Although I'm broadening I'm I'm trying to like Yeah, yeah. Build up my cookie arsenal. <laughs> so you say molasses, which makes me think chewy as opposed to a ginger snap, right? Yes. I love a good molasses cookie. With glaze? No. No glaze. Why not? Doesn't need it. Well, it's so good. I mean, <laughs> the recipe doesn't call for it. I oh, would, okay. I would entertain a glaze, but mine is is like the perfect balance of sweet and spicy. Mm. So mm. love it. Love so it. I think adding glaze might. One of my favorite cookies from studying abroad that mm-hmm. I really miss because I haven't found anything quite like it here. Although I'm sure they exist, and I just haven't looked that hard. Are um, ginger snap cookies in a in a sandwich cookie with lemon. Oh, lemon curd in the middle? Really? Lemon icing. Oh. And it was like the perfect combination. It was so good. That and vanilla custard. I miss those two things very, very much. I think that ginger and lemon one might actually be good if you dip it in tea. Not very many cookies are, but that one might be. Yeah. Yeah. I've considered trying to make take my molasses cookies and make them into sandwich cookies with lemon because mm. they're small enough mm-hmm. but i think that they would be kind of hefty as a sandwich cookie but mm. i've i've considered trying to make it because they were so good that sounds good wow so there's that i really like a per- a perkins sugar cookie frosted they're real good they're like cake I, <laughs> I enjoy a caramel cookie waffle as well. Caramel cookie waffle is in a league of its own. Yes, yeah, Stroop waffle is its own deal. Well, oh, okay. I we, love, we've celebrated cookie day now with yep, this conversation. It was we great. We did it. Uh, listeners, what's your favorite cookie? Tweet us at WordstruckPod, please. Or Biscuit. Or Biscuit, if you're across the ocean, as I'm sure some of you are. <sighs> Alyssa. Clark. What happened in Chapter 26, The Secret Task of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? The second task, not the secret task. Ooh. The second task, uh, Harry panics about the egg's clue and has like a fever dream and then ends up magically getting help from Dobby about 10 minutes before his task is supposed to start. So Harry eats the gillyweed and then swims into the lake and finds Ron, Hermione, Cho, and a little blonde girl tied at the bottom of the lake. He ends up rescuing Ron, and we later learn it, Danielle. Gabrielle. Oh, sorry. Gabrielle. Thank you. Yep. I needed an editor. <laughs> um, and somehow, amid all of that, manages to take second place. Yay. You did it, Harry. Okay. Where to start? Um, first of all, where? why did no one else wake Harry up? I know he was like someone invisible, but you'd think Hermione or... Oh. <laughs> There we go. Where were Hermione and Ron? <laughs> Where were they? Um, I'm sure mm. the twins were busy trying to sell jokes to whatever crowd had accumulated. That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just like, first of all, Harry's in the library. Hmm. Who even thinks to find Harry in the library? That's a very good point. No one. And he was just like a floating face at that point. So. Yeah. Hmm. So hmm. it's, I mean, it's really lucky that. Dobby actually found him 
<sighs> yeah. Well, let's start off by talking about Hermione and Harry and getting ready for the challenge. Um, I just think it's really um, a little bit too naive that Hermione believed that Harry had it all under control. Yeah. And so we see Harry uh, like just creating an anxious storm in himself mm-hmm. as Hagrid tells him that he's got it under control as um, someone else. Someone else said, like, I was worried, but now I totally believe, like, you've got it fine. You've totally got it. And he's got all these, like, people around him who normally he would mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lean on. Oh, I think Sirius. I think Sirius's letter has something, too, about, like, you're going to crush it. Can't wait till it's over. Mm. And it's just, like, there are too many people around you no longer <laughs> asking if you're okay. Yeah. And yeah. no longer concerned about you getting through this. Yeah. And it just seems to me like everybody's forgotten the fact that, no one knows how Harry ended up in this competition and it's maybe not a safe thing and maybe the rules aren't going to be all observed to a T. Yeah, especially seeing how he handled um, the first task Mm -hmm. and how like he, uh, or just the egg, that's what I was going to say, the egg. Like Hermione and Ron knew that he hadn't done anything with the egg for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. So then they like take it at face value that the egg gave him everything he needed. Eh, eh, eh. But like may- maybe there's a little bit of like everybody secretly doesn't want to help him, <laughs> and they're just like they're well, tired of it. If yeah. he says it's fine, I'm gonna trust that it's fine. Hmm. Cool. But I, I don't know. It was a little weird. I think it's of all of the people. Like I understand Hagrid sort of thinking the world of Harry. I understand yeah. a lot of people like wanting Harry to become their champion. Yeah. But yeah. Hermione, she's too smart for that. She knows him. She knows how he <laughs> cuts corners <She's> and <laughs> made up his divination homework in the previous year. I entirely. think she just wants him to survive. I really think that's her main goal is not to die. Um, Granted, I mean, I don't know what you do when your friend asks you, are you Okay. And you yeah. turn around and say yes. Like I don't, I don't know that it's it's her responsibility yeah. to like call it call him on his lie. No, none of it. Uh, okay, so they go through the library and they're looking for ways to breathe underwater for an hour because mm-hmm. that's what uh, the painting of the mer person led Harry to believe is part of the thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. They look and they can't find anything in any books about spells. Anything, anywhere. I have a really hard time believing that. It's insane. I, I just, I, I think either they pulled the books that have it just because. That doesn't sound right, though. You think they'd reward research. But, like, I just don't buy it. I just, like, the wizarding world, you think there'd be some sort of, like, little gadget. Like, why is that so hard? Right. And then the fact that Gillyweed exists... Why isn't that like really well known? Why wouldn't Hermione know about that already or Hagrid or anybody, like, you know? Maybe because maybe it's a really rare thing. Yeah. I mean, I would believe that that it's really hard to find. The thing that drives me crazy and like granted Madame Pince gets a bad rap in this whole series. She's the like librarian oh, who is like yeah. Yeah. owly and not friendly and mean and all that and it's just i mean she gives librarians a bad rap but i feel like even though he's a champion in 
the Triwizard Tournament. Mm -hmm. If you go to a librarian, you should be able to ask, like, I am looking for this. Yep. Any ideas? Yep. Any ideas at all? Card catalog, something. Anyone who knows, really, like, or (laughs) or if you know what you're looking for, you should be able to go up to your teachers and say, hey, this is a thing that I need to figure out how to do. Yeah. Help me. And I feel like potions class would have been his best bet. And that's Snape. But I don't think so, though. I mean, Hermione is sitting there, sitting there saying, I think charms are our best bet. Transfiguration is too hard mm-hmm. for our what we know. Yeah. But I think we could probably make charms work out. And I don't know how much of that is influenced by maybe charms is one of Hermione's best subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Because Harry, it's not his. Like, And if, if he'd gone to... Oh, it was Moody. Moody who also like asked if he had everything figured out. And he could have mentioned something but yeah so i don't know what the rules are we haven't really had them laid out like if he asks anyone for help he's disqualified or something but it just doesn't seem fair to yeah. me like you should be able to use the resources at hand and as long as you're not saying here's everything which he didn't know everything no no like here's the entirety of everything help me crack the code like but none of that matters because Dobby broke into Snape's office, got some gillyweed, and gave it to Harry at the last minute, thereby taking away any sort of... Solving the problem. Solving the problem because, uh, yep, solved it. I mean, it's annoying, but it is kind of nice to have Dobby, you know, come in on the white horse with the cape. And we do see Dobby, like that that investment that Harry's putting into Dobby. It, I, I'm sure he doesn't see it that way, but it's nice to see it pay off. Well, and it was really sweet for Dobby. Like, he knew everything. He knew they took your friends. Yeah, and, yeah. And there was, like, there was an added investment from Dobby because mm. of how Ron treated Dobby. And he's like, you can't lose your wheezy. Aww. And it was just like, my heart breaks because you you love this friendship too and yeah. you love Aww. this friend of harry's too and you're invested and uh, so that was really sweet and <laughs> wheezy breaks my heart <laughs> yeah that was good especially because dobby took um he took it seriously yeah so i want to talk about that because yeah. ron chastises harry and i think hermione does too for taking it seriously and they're like mm. dumbledore never would have let us get hurt and this and that do you and know how like, many people have died at previous triwizard tournaments there are so many people who have died at previous triwizard tournaments yeah. and then harry on top of that died. harry's illegally in the competition yep. so like yep I don't trust, and Dumbledore hasn't figured out why. He hasn't told him. There's no, like... Like, foul play is afoot. Yeah. Yeah. There there are strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> and yeah. And it's not... I, I just, like, everyone's just like, oh, poo-poo, after the fact. Meanwhile, Harry, mm. Dobby, and, notably, Fleur. Yep. Yep. All genuinely believed that lives were at stake. Yeah, like it's, Floor was going to like tear through some people if she needed to. Yeah, like, yeah. Like she, like she was bested by the Grindylows, but yeah, not like she legitimately thought my sister's going to die. Yeah, <laughs> and and the fact that Harry saved her was, you know, leaps and bounds. In uh, he rose leaps and bounds in her esteem for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he helped Victor by giving him that knife. I mean, I don't know what. He, and, he also could have dove to get a rock, but you know what I mean. Like, and I I don't necessarily get the sense that Victor or um, Cedric had mm. that same like urgency and fear, but I think because they also f- seemed pretty adept 
Like they yeah, they had it figured yeah. out. They weren't concerned, and they had the eye on the prize. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And so it, I I just I I got really frustrated with Ron for poo pooing Harry's concern yeah. because everything leading up to this has communicated to Harry like no for real like well, your life could be at stake. And honestly, what if Frank Frank whoa what if Harry uh, didn't have the gillyweed <laughs> like. <laughs> what what would this have been <laughs> you know like it's like well i guess they're just gonna be down there for a while i guess i'm just swimming in the lake Who's... until i can't handle the cold anymore and yeah. then the mer people bring up the hostages who weren't like i guess fine but like that's a torturous hour for harry yeah too yeah. like i don't like i don't know if my friends are gonna survive i know they're down there and they're unreachable i did like the um non-communicative aspect of the mer people it reminded me of that episode of bojack horseman have you seen that a horse out it's so good there's a there's an entirely silent episode of bojack horseman where he's underwater and he's wearing a suit and he can't like he tries to talk but he's in a suit so nobody can hear him so he has to do all all these things and find and rescue a seahorse baby and then try and get it back to its dad and all this stuff so uh Anyway, it you reminded know, me of that. You know what it reminded me of? Hmm. Uh, you're not a Buffy fan, are you? Uh, I enjoy Buffy, but I'm not a Buffy fan, though. No. Um, they have a completely silent episode on Buffy that's called Hush that won a whole bunch of awards. Oh, I've heard about that. It's yeah. really good, and it reminded me exactly of that, of like that realization of I can talk, but I like... Like I am a person who talks and I can't right now and everything is harder because of that. So here's a thing on that note that I read completely different this time from every other time Hmm. that I've read this book. Okay. And I think I misunderstood it every other time. It's when Harry goes to like shoot sparks at the Grindy Lows, Mm -hmm. hot water shoots out. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I misunderstood that as like the spells aren't quite working. He doesn't really have magic underwater oh uh, like, okay no if you go to shoot sparks underwater sparks aren't going to happen underwater like that's not how physics works yep yep. it's going to be hot water and so i completely like i thought that magic didn't work but the extension of that is harry's essentially doing wordless magic oh yeah i hadn't thought about that i mean i, I don't like the I magic don't... does work just differently but you're right that um I don't know like the physics of magic necessarily, but like the fact that he's shouting it, but the sound isn't coming out might, it might not count as like Hmm. wordless, but yeah, the sound is not happening. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Huh? It's as if the wand can like interpret intent. Um, I don't know. My whole thing with wands is I, I, I just watched, um, Grindelwald. And mm-hmm. and like, man, people it, rules don't exist. Rules don't exist. <laughs> Whatever. It's this whole thing's a pure anarchy. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Didn't Percy somewhat take the thing seriously too? What yeah. was the deal with Percy? Percy was like all torn up. He like plowed down everybody to get to Ron, and yeah. was like, and and Ron's yelling at him like, "Get off me! I'm fine. I'm fine." Which so is like weird because Percy is as in the know as it gets for that. But. I mean, maybe. But I think if anybody is going to remember that things are have gone awry in this competition in the past mm. and during this particular one, not everything has gone according to plan, 
It's Percy. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so I thought that I had it figured out in that um, the reason why Harry was supposed to bring someone to the dance was so that they would know who to take underwater. <laughs> but that Maybe. didn't end up being the case because it was Ron, who I guess is who Harry really took to the ball. To be, <laughs> to be fair, that's the being... person Harry spent the most time with at the ball. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he really pretty much did take Ron to the ball and the, the their girl dates took each other. Um, but but like Cedric and Cho. Oh, yeah, they were like, they were dates and yep. Crumb and Hermione were dates. Yep. And maybe Fleur went stag and spent yep. the whole time with her sister. I don't know. Or with like every single guy because I'm sure everyone was just constantly bringing her drinks. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I never um, pieced that together until this morning when I reread this chapter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I have never, I've just always figured that like they somehow, like they just watched and they knew and like Fleur's sister mm. is a weird choice compared to everyone else. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, no, like it's totally the dance. That's what did it. They were setting up for it. So yeah, it was him and him and Ron, which like, I feel like Hermione and, and we saw he cared just as much about Hermione as he did Ron. So that's sweet. And that's that's probably a host school issue too. Is yeah, yeah, like everyone there is in a sense your person. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, or not a, your person, but or th- there's just a wider pool, and the fact that there are two champions from one school, yeah, like the likelihood yeah. of overlap is really high. Yep, because Harry like he kind of offhandedly said like, and the other two when referring to Cho. They're and... my friends too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird because we we would have believed that Cho was very much of interest to him. But um, yeah, it was a little bit less so. <laughs> yeah. Eye opening that the first person he went to was Ron. Like yeah. that was yep. that was the right call on Dumbledore and McGonagall and whoever else's part that like that's his person. Though with the way Ron is acting this book, I, I think Harry's the only one who <laughs> would bother rescuing him. Maybe Hermione. But um, but even, you know. You know, two hundred chap, two hundred pages earlier, Harry probably wouldn't have. I don't know. Like, yeah, when was, they were in a fight, yeah. they were on the rocks. Could so. be. But uh, Victor had Hermione, which he's known for not that long. But man, he fell hard. He likes her. He likes he her. He invited her. This is the next chapter, but he invited her to his house in Bulgaria for the summer. What? That's he's, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I. I I wonder how he worded it. Suspect a little camp romance <sighs> mentality here. But, but she wouldn't even like give him the time of day. She was she was so annoyed that like I think she was very self-conscious of the fact that she was his person. But we kind of find out about that in the next chapter too. So I mean, yeah. Like I I think probably. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. she's she's gone on one date with the guy and suddenly she's tied to the bottom of the lake. Like <laughs> it's a little that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. And she already resents being the damsel. She's she's not the damsel in distress. She's not the damsel and she already like she was annoyed after the dance. She's like, I got to have a pretty night and that was nice, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is way more work work than I am ever putting in again. <laughs> this is insane. Not worth it. And yeah. So to play the part for one night, yeah, it's it probably feels a little like I sort of put myself in this position because I played the part. Yep, yep. So I don't know. Anyway, it's still cute. Um, Harry, 
pushed. Harry almost passed out because, of course, he did because it wouldn't be interesting if he didn't. Um, <laughs> what what did this look like to the spectators? Oh my gosh! This whole deal. This I. <laughs> so the thing that I found interesting was there's no reference of the spe- spectators in the text. The stands had been moved over, hadn't they? I don't think there's a reference to it. I Maybe thought there I'm was wrong. something. The stands that were near the dragon pens had been moved over. I, I thought there were stands. Maybe but. I'm wrong. I I have. But what are they looking at? Even if there are stands, it's yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I I was sort of imagining. I was trying to imagine what a more interesting competition or a more interesting way to present this competition mm, would mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. Sort of like during the Quidditch World Cup, they had those omnioculars that you can speed up and slow down, and you yeah, can see things better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like. If this weren't a school and if this were a for-profit event mm-hmm. with open to the public, I'm sure that there would be some kind of binoculars that well, you can see through water and zoom in. And, and they'd have cameras and screens projecting it. Yeah, you know, like they'd to- have big screens just showing the hostages. And like Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they'd have the mer people doing ceremonies down at the bottom and you could watch them do their ceremonies and stuff. And that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, and but, there would probably be cameramen swimming with scuba gear, whatever. But yeah, or or like fish or granny loaves or something that are like or mer people. We've, we've like yeah. hacked. Yeah, we've hacked into the eyesight of these creatures and projected <laughs> it. Like yeah, well, and the competition. Like he he seriously like ran up. They let him catch his breath, and then they were like, "Okay, three, two, one." Yeah. Like that was that's the extent of the fanfare. Maybe there was an opening ceremony that Harry missed. It's possible, but Poss- it sure but felt like he like really ran one. up and they're like, "Great, go!" And it's like, "Whoa, okay, wow, we're going, we're we're there." It's just okay. More and more, it feels like this isn't this competition is not for the spectacle, which is weird because you'd think the whole thing would be for the spectacle. That would be the point. It's yeah. so confusing. Yeah. And I, I don't really understand what it's for if it's not yeah. for a, a big entertaining... It's like playing a football game without any crowd. Yeah, it's bizarre. Why? I mean, I like because it's kind of fun and you like to have bragging rights over the winner, but, but eh. if no one sees it, how do you... like? Anyone could say anything afterwards. So that was interesting, too. That because it's not fully monitored, mm-hmm. the the judges have no intel on what actually happens. Except for what the mer people tell him. And what's that relationship like? Yeah. Is it trusting? Well, Dumbledore does speak mermaid. Mermish. Mermish. Which is hilarious to me. Because, okay, I'm sure they meant it like Dumbledore could interpret uh, mermish. But I'd like to imagine Dumbledore speaking mermish. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, because it said I mean, they're like shrieking. <laughs> I would love to hear Dumbledore speaking mermish. I mean, uh, I think he speaks it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a miss, miss. I don't think it's a typo. All I, right. I think Dumbledore speaks it. Okay. Good deal. Here's my question for you. Sure. When the egg played underwater mm-hmm. and he heard the mermish underwater mm-hmm. it sounded like english to him when fleur puts it underwater does it sound like french Ooh, good question very good question 
Uh, for that particular egg, yes. That thing was charmed to, to high graces, man. That thing was very specifically. For actual... Mer- well, okay, so if the the mer people who mm-hmm. said like no we don't help <laughs> like oh would, would did those, that sound like french to would her those people sound like french if she Ooh. made it there maybe they just speak english and french and mermish but when they're speaking to someone that speaks mermish they prefer that but no i don't know, I don't know. i'm i don't know she also had a hard time i don't know if she even got to the mer people i mean it doesn't sound like she did but no Anyway, that's but a very good question, though. Yeah, I, I, I never know. thought about that. And then Victor, who... I'm sure he speaks German or at least or Bulgarian. Russian. Yeah. Well, I don't know what they speak in Bulgaria. I think is it Bulgarian? Bulgarian. I think so. So I don't know what what his first language is. Hmm. And and did the rhyme work differently in those <laughs> languages? Yeah. I don't know. It was just sort of an interesting little rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of like the Bible verses where it's like, maybe this rhymed in... Hebrew. <laughs> Maybe this sounded prettier in the original <laughs> Greek. <laughs> Could be. Anyway, what was your favorite quote from chapter 26? Um, yeah, that is everything. My favorite quote was on page 495. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure we were going to have the same one, just for the record. Really? Yeah. I so I I read this like a month ago mm-hmm. and I had marked a bunch of quotes and then when I read it again last night I was like that's not my f- what if, why did I pick that quote These are silly quotes that is the worst side. quote why would I do that so I landed on different ones <laughs> um so on page 495 we have when Harry's mm-hmm. starting to explore the lake Mm-hmm. Silence pressed upon his ears as he soared over a strange, dark, foggy landscape. He could see only ten feet around him, so that as he sped through the water, new scenes seemed to loom suddenly out of the oncoming darkness. Mm-hmm. Forests of rippling, tangled black weed, wide plains of mud littered with dull, glimmering stones. He swam deeper and deeper out toward the middle of the lake, his eyes wide, staring through the eerily gray-lit water around him, to the shadowed shadows beyond where the water became opaque. Wow. It's just kind of a cool, eerie underwater scene that like I hear the silence. Yeah. In that. Hmm. Those are the exact sort I I, I tend to like skip through those sentences when I'm like, okay, underwater is part of why I pick them so that I make sure yeah. you read them. <laughs> but that is cool. That is cool. It's uh It'd be really weird to go from like one minute you're sleeping on the library floor and then like 15 minutes later you're in that world. I'm a fish. How how bizarre, (laughs) how unreal, like breathing through gills. That's crazy. It is crazy. Huh. And his trust in Dobby was really beautiful. It was beautiful. Like, you know what? Dobby says he's going to get me here. This is what they've taken. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very... um. Lady of the Lake of Arthurian legend. Like, I supply you with the sword so you can go fight the fight and you just trust me. Yep. Oh. Well, my favorite quote was page 485. <clears throat> it's not nearly so flowery. No, it's not. I it's like just the flowery. Funny. I just like the good interaction scenes between people. <laughs> yep, so mine was 485. And this is him talking to Hagrid 
after Hagrid is uh, continuing the unicorn lesson, but doing a much better job of it, if uh-huh. I do say so. <laughs> so let's see. You're gonna, you're, you're. <laughs> I can't do a Hagrid. You're going to win, Hagrid growled, patting Harry's shoulder again, so that Harry actually felt himself sink a couple of inches into the soft ground. I know it. I can feel it. You're gonna win, Harry. I just love <laughs> patting him literally into the ground. <laughs> his poor spine, like, <laughs> and his knees. And That's Harry's hard. Just like, ha, 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 okay. <laughs> I know yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Well, excellent. Uh, on to the next. Much? No, they were both pretty short. On to the next chapter. Padfoot's return. <sighs> what happened, Alyssa? Uh, in this chapter, Rita Skeeter has a hit piece on Hermione. Snape accuses Harry of stealing from his office. Karkaroff shows Snape something. Mm-hmm. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione meet Snuffles <laughs> and Buckbeak in Hogsmeade and hear all about Barty Crouch. Yeah. Very expository chapter. Yes. Um, because there were no witnesses to the mermaid thing except for the mer people themselves. Uh, Ron could just make up whatever story he wanted, and oh he's trying gosh. to use it to get chicks. <laughs> Not a good look, Ron. Not a good look. Okay. C- c- will, will you answer me this? Have yeah. you ever embellished a thing for a, a little uh, higher mm-hmm. higher public view? I'd like to think I don't have to, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure I have, yeah. He's... It's it's a very teenage boy move. I'm surprised that uh, that he feels so bold as to do that. Yeah. Because Hermione and Cho also. Yeah, yeah. It it required very little effort to be the uh, the person underwater. Well, and and they're able to say like, yeah, that's not how it happened. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, When you're yeah. the only one who it happened to, you can be like, no, 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 here's how it went. <laughs> and like Fred and George delivered them to McGonagall. So they, there's got to be them too yeah, being yeah. like, yeah. And I don't know how if they would be into it. And I like, think everybody was just letting them have their fun. I, I highly doubt anybody believed that Ron was fighting bur people. I, I highly, people are like, oh, go on, keep telling your story. But like, and, and the ladies did respond to it, but I, I don't know. Is a, is it a little like your uncle at Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> like, a little bit, where you're like, like, there's a kernel of truth in there. We're just going to like not engage and mm-hmm. let you blow off the steam and then change the subject. Just yeah. don't don't even touch it. Yep. You're like, that's a that's a trap. <laughs> yeah. But so Ron did that. Oh, Ron got a kiss from Floor, by the way. Mm, oh, right on right. the cheek. Because you helped. You you helped. You helped. Oh, I also like on Great British Baking Show when they have when they have French people because they are so neat with their pastries, and they don't understand any of the jokes, and it cracks me up. Anyway, I'm not very far in yet. Oh, it's excellent. I'm trying to savor it. <sighs> yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, sorry. I could talk about that show for a long time. Forever, because it's so good. Hmm. So there's a hit piece, as you said. Mm-hmm. Rita Skeeter essentially just wrote a whole article to say. That uh, Hermione is not that good looking, which um, I've seen the movies and I was that age when those movies came out and I didn't mind Hermione, but whatever. So, well, okay. On the, (laughs) on the good looking front, um, Mm -hmm. JK Rowling has come out 
to say several times like she was a little disappointed that the casting went the way that it did not that emma isn't awesome yeah but just that emma is clearly a beautiful girl and she was like i kind of like i know hollywood is hollywood and they're they just have to do the thing yeah that they do and they're gonna do that but like and it is technically rolling dice when you cast them that young. You don't is, really know how they're going to turn out. Right. But she was but, a cute little kid yeah, in the first movie. That's true. Yeah. And, and she was like, I knew from the beginning, like, sh- like they're going to try to make her hair bushy and try to like make her into this sort of awkward kid. And it's not yeah. going to work. She's a cute kid. And that's not quite what I was going for. I wanted the not terribly attractive girl. Yeah. The plain plain yeah yeah Yeah, i forget what word she used but Hmm. so there's that so i i think book hermione is not traditionally beautiful Hmm. interesting yeah well so there's that but i i think there's way more to rita's story than just like hermione's homely (laughs) that was a big part of it it was a big part of it but she there's a lot of slut shaming happening there too like she has yeah two Famous men all up in that. It said like Harry's not of enough of a wizard for her. Yeah. So she's going to get some more on the side and it's like, whoa, okay. Like <laughs> she's 14. Yeah. How do you feel okay writing this about a 14 year old? Like Re- Rita Skeeter's terrible. And the fact that the newspaper uh, publishes her really, 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 really makes me think less of the it's newspaper. It's a miscarriage of justice. It's a miscarriage of justice. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Very upsetting. Hermione wasn't, didn't act upset. She, as long as her peers were trying to use it against mm. her, she she seemed totally fine. Yeah. And then as soon as Snape Snape decides to turn class time into hazing students, like which is a disgusting again miscarriage of justice. Horrible like, teacher that bro, he is. Do your job. Yeah. Then then she's embarrassed. Yeah. Which you know, like ah. Uh, huh. <sighs> Snape. Snape. Well, good thing he's going to have a big redemption arc at the end of this book series when he saves Dumbledore, right? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's not just Dumbledore. Just like. like. Uh, that's just what I keep hearing spoiler wise. <laughs> people just keep saying Snape saves Dumbledore. Snape saves Dumbledore. <laughs> people would drive by the bookstore the night the book came out. Snape saves Dumbledore. So uh, that's that's one for the people. It's in the zeitgeist, man. Yeah. Don't spoil things. Don't sorry, sorry. Don't do that, people. I'm sorry, Snape saves Dumbledore. I'm, I'm not I'm not talking to you. Now. I'm talking oh, to the okay. to the public. <laughs> the spoilers. Yeah, there's always gonna be in the way this world is, some there's always gonna be some people. People just like to watch the world burn. They do. They really do. <sighs> but Hermione seemed to be okay. She's like, if that's the best she's got whatever like she's been called worse since she got there and but Mm -hmm. she is confused about or or curious as to how how does she know everything that she knows yep yep how does she know everything that she knows clark how does she know everything that she knows well we have been introduced to the concept of a truth serum so it's possible that she is knocking people out in truth serum and then and then wiping their memory um Hmm. She's probably Voldemort. Uh, no, I think she really does. Okay, so she heard Hagrid. Well, she may have. Well, which which thing did Hagrid she found say? out that Hagrid was a half giant? Right. Um, and he might not have been very quiet. That's true. <laughs> He's a big guy. It's hard she to make found him out quiet. about that. 
<sighs> Hermione doesn't keep a diary, as far as we know. Not as far as we know. Yeah. So, but I'm sure she's a meticulous note taker. But I doubt that she would write that down. Yeah, me either. I don't. Uh, I don't think you can intercept owls. And even if you could, I don't think enough time had passed. I think you can. You can intercept that's, owls. That's why um, Sirius didn't want Harry using Hedwig all the oh, time. He didn't want anyone yeah. intercepting owls. Yeah, he he also didn't want anyone a... recognizing an owl returning to the same place. Yeah. But. Hmm. <sighs> depending on how good the owl is, I'm sure. Yeah. But I... who would she be owling about that? Is Rita like living inside the walls of the school? No, because he is she a basilisk? Is she a bet? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's been done. We know it's possible. <laughs> or yeah. did she hear that there was a basilisk, mm-hmm. and she knows about all those tunnels? Then yeah, and she's like, huh, very interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so my guess is she's living in the walls of the school in the basilisk tunnels. Um, but I I really don't know. She could have an invisibility cloak. That actually is possible. I mean, Hermione actually entertains that this chapter. She's yeah. like, I don't, like, I am out of ideas. Well, Maybe she has an invisibility cloak. Yeah. We haven't heard of many of them, but we they, know they exist. They could be bugged, but I feel like Joanne would have set that up. We would have known about like a brooch that she received mysteriously or something like that. We we would have heard something of her being bugged. Um, Dobby's socks. Dobby's socks. <laughs> well, they can be magical apparently. They're they're socks that yell when they get too smelly. I feel like do you get that for your children when they have bad cleaning habits? <laughs> or your husband who, who or, doesn't do laundry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, who is this for? Not for the person wearing them. That's for sure. Um, I mean, maybe if I'm a person who's like, I'm trying to save the environment by doing less laundry. <laughs> just really stretch it out. Is that you, Alyssa? Are you just uh, you gonna wearing on? my socks until they're they're yelping, smelly? <laughs> oh, my dogs are barking. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, no, that's not me. Yeah. Well, let's get on to all the extensive talk about Sirius and Barty Crouch and Begman. Um, they they meet up with Sirius. He's a dog. He's way cute. He eats chicken. So much. So yeah, he in his letter like meet me he, like be here at this point. Bring all the food you can carry. <laughs> and they bring like fresh food. Yeah, that, I figured they'd bring. Well, maybe there aren't canned goods. Or, there have to be. Or like a ton of jerky or something. Like yeah, I mean yeah. clearly these are fourteen year old kids who have never really had to scrounge. Yeah, of all the things to bring, chicken legs are neither convenient nor like <laughs> nor lasting. Yeah, yeah. And bread goes stale pretty quickly. Yeah. Cheese needs to be cold. Granted, he's living in a cave, so it might be fine. And but there's magic, but yes. Um, right. He doesn't have a wand, though, as far as I know. So maybe all of it's preservable because magic. Yeah, but I guess. But he yeah, also he seems doesn't. to wolf down everything. <laughs> you're you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but he seems to eat everything that they bring in so i think he'll be fine between him and buckbeak they can clean up 12 chicken wings probably in an afternoon drumsticks yeah uh oh i should also say real quick that karkaroff totally has dark mark on his arm and apparently it's starting to shine through because he was trying to show snape i wonder if snape's dark mark i wanted to talk about that in a little bit more in depth not just as an oh by the way this is a thing that happened but that's what happened i wanted to talk about like 
what was up with Karkaroff coming up in the middle of class He's in the least out. conspicuous That's true. Or, or in the yeah, most conspicuous yeah. way he could have. Just like they're getting real sloppy. Like he I don't get it. I don't for someone who clearly has a dark past, yeah. he is not a good spy. No. He's not a good double agent and snape is trying yeah. real hard to be like no like no 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 like trying to just like, like be invisible I am literally the in the thing. middle of class like yeah. how like i'm trying to imagine any class that i've ever had if a stranger came in and started talking to the teacher in the middle of class yeah that like everyone in the class wouldn't have heard them and pay like very close attention yeah, yeah. or like noticed that's weird yeah like even even if it was like a friend or like like the only classes that that would work in would be like my band class in high school when there are like 80 people in the room. Yeah. And but not just a standard. Yeah, yeah. It's just so bizarre. And how does he not? I mean, clearly he's spooked. Hmm. Yeah. He's spooked and his judgment is just. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's he's it's struggling like, with his good judgment because like he's so spooked. If you were to wake up in the morning and see that like a swastika was gradually becoming clearer and clearer on your forehead. Here's a horrifying notion. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's somewhat equivalent of like, okay, this is not good. If I don't do something about this like today, like people could start to see this and that's very, very bad. So to me, it felt like he's he's getting to feel like he's backed into a corner. So he's just getting sloppy. Real sloppy. We're seeing who's sloppy in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Karkaroff. Okay, so if he has a dark mark on his arm, and mm-hmm. that's what's happening, mm-hmm. here's the part that was weird to me. Mm-hmm. Harry tells Sirius about that, and Sirius is like, I don't know what that would be. No, he was playing dumb. You think? Oh, yeah. Because Why? he like- Why? Because he doesn't want to freak Harry out. But, okay, of all of the adults- in Harry's world, mm-hmm. I feel like Sirius has been the one who's like, you deserve to know things. And he seems to understand that Harry operates better when he knows things because otherwise he keeps <laughs> trying to figure out what the things are. It's like the office where Jim's like, I thought keeping him in the dark would, be, I thought keeping Michael in the dark would be safer, but it turns out he can do just as much damage in the dark. It's like, yep. Exactly. Uh, That's Harry. And like Harry persists. He does not let a thing go until he understands every angle of it. But that had to have been a dark mark. And I don't know. I guess like, I don't know. I feel like Sirius like considered saying something about it. And then he's like, not yet. I feel like there was a pause there. He said something like, I don't know what that would be. Hmm. I feel like I know what it is. <laughs> I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, maybe he's just noticing, you know, there's a mole that had changed shape and he wanted to refer to Snape about it. But I don't know. I I want to believe that Crouch is somehow the good guy that has a plan in this whole thing. But I also don't want to believe that Bagman's the bad guy because that feels way too obvious. I think it'd be more Joanne-like to have Crouch be a bad guy and Begman be a good guy and Kakaroff be a good guy. Um, like, all the people we think are bad guys are actually the good guys and Just vice versa. Just a total flip. Just a total flip because why not, you know? Um, For me, listening to Sirius's story about mm. Barty Crouch, 
it it was really interesting especially after we've seen the crimes of Grindelwald because we start to see some of the characteristics of the horrors yeah in that film as Sirius talked about in Barty Crouch of the like they got to the point that they were as ruthless as the Death Eaters. Yep, just killing people with the curses before anything. Yeah, and yeah. They, they authorized unforgivable unforgivable curses against Death Eaters, no questions asked. And we saw that and like in the Crouch Crimes of Grindelwald. Specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was just interesting. Like I, I saw him in this whole new light of mm. like I've seen this on the screen. Yeah. It was a different time. And wizards were using their wands like guns. And a different They were conflict. literally just, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, they were shooting from the hip. Yep, <laughs> yep like, shooting from the hip. Curses that killed people. Yeah. And, yeah. And so yep. it's it's just interesting to me. And like they were, cl- the public was clamoring for him to be the new minister of magic. Hmm. And instead we got Fudge. Who has... Uh, who is politically he, he he has some he's in some people's pockets fudge is yeah but, and and just you know. he doesn't like making waves yeah it seems he he doesn't like being firmly anything yeah <laughs> and and it painted an interesting picture again that that we see in crimes of grindelwald of a good portion of the ministry of magic's job is to mm-hmm. just keep their world hidden yeah a huge part of it and, yeah. and so Voldemort's, you know, garnering followers and you don't know who to trust and you don't like he's able to charm people with the Imperius curse to do things. And you can have no idea that your loved ones are are compromised. Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, um, all of this mayhem is happening and. The Aurors have the double job of fighting mm. Voldemort and also making sure muggles have no idea that this is happening. Yep. And it's just like Whereas Voldemort wasn't as concerned with that. He would kill muggles. Yeah. You know? He yeah. he's like, I, I I imagine wants to be out in the open. Yep. Yep. So <sighs> it's all just it, I I I'd say what we did about Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. It made this chapter more interesting to yeah, me that it, we've seen it. It did. It, it is kind of cool that we got to see that, um, because yeah. Otherwise, Sirius's exposition would have been a little much, and it kind of was a little much. It. I had a hard time focusing on the last end of the chapter because it was a whole lot of people being like, "What's really happening? What's really happening? Here's what we know." <laughs> like, not much new introduction. Like, it was just like everything was put together in one place, and I feel like this is like. <laughs> was new information there was quite a bit of new information about barty crouch yeah yeah but we also got i feel like this is all the information in one place and i feel like i do need to reread this chapter like there's got to be something there for her to go through all this effort like there's something i missed there's something there uh but i'll reread it and see if i can catch it but Hmm. Um, the other thing that yes. that Sirius brings up briefly because he's been, you know, reading every Daily Prophet, sort of mm. like, you know, he's. Did have you watched The Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> no, there's, I know what it's about, but I have I don't know. Th- there's a scene where the protagonist is trying to figure out how the heck did we get 
here and ends up with a whole bunch of newspapers and like pieces it together like serial killer style oh she has a crazy wall yeah she has a crazy wall yay twine Sirius has a crazy wall it's a crazy cave crazy cave yep uh, among the things that he has highlighted is like Bertha Jorkins this stuff that people are saying about Bertha Jorkins Mm -hmm. that she was just absent minded is true like she's not the greatest but she's a hot gossip Mm. <laughs> and mm. probably an intelligence threat because of that. Yeah. I the thing is like we saw her we heard about her once in like the first chapter and now she keeps getting brought up but it's like what am I supposed to do with that? What like what am I supposed to like she's going to end up being a key part of this and I'm going to be like okay. Like, this name that you mentioned once in the first chapter is going to turn out to be really important. But, like, why should I care about... It's She's she's mm. a character in a Greek play that uh, everything happens off screen. Yep. <laughs> Everything's yep. off stage. She sure is important, and it, she sure is a big part of this mystery, but... Well, I, she, she may not even be that important, but she's just another loose thread that no yeah. one's dealing yeah. with. And if you have enough of those... It starts to look really suspicious. It's, I mean, things fall apart. Yeah. Very quickly when no one's noticing any of the signs. Yeah. And I think that's what Sirius is like. That's what his crazy cave is dedicated to. I must notice all the signs. <laughs> so they are observed. Uh, I will say, Barty Crouch is not sick. Not nearly as he is saying to be. Not nearly as Percy believes him to be. Or maybe Percy's lying, but. Maybe. Yeah, Percy's an interesting card in this whole deck. Yeah. Of you know, Ron makes that offhanded comment about, you know, uh, well, Hermione's like, well, Percy's not as bad as as all of these things that you're saying Barty Crouch is. Like, yeah, yeah. he might love Barty Crouch, but like, he would never like he wouldn't give his family to the Dementors. And Ron's like, I don't know, he's pretty ambitious. If he could get a promotion out of it, yeah. And I just like. I mean, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I I get just a real sense that, like, of all of the Weasleys, he's the one who might have gotten sorted into Slytherin. Oh, Percy? All yeah. of his ambition. That's a very good point. He ended up being Gryffindor, though, right? Yes. Every Weasley has been Griff- Gryffindor. Yeah. But I think you're right. Yeah. Out of anyone, he, he would have been. Uh, I also could have seen the brothers being Puffs, but the twins, rather. Yeah, they're they're a little too like devil may care, I think, to be Hufflepuffs. Hmm. I don't know, but they're so happy go lucky. I guess they they also have some ambition in there with their Yeah, that's true. But I just like he's he just seems poised for a little moral ambiguity there. Yeah. I feel like he would sacrifice some things for a promotion. Yeah. For sure. And how far would he go? And I think Ron's really, like, he's sort of flip about it, but... He's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's some truth there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you see, by the way, there is now, well, there's like a Kickstarter for a clock. I don't know that it exists, but, and it has like four hands on it, and it uses your smartphone, and it can tell if you're at the gym or at school and the clock hands will turn as a Harry Potter clock would. 
there was an article like there was a thing saying this clock does this and i'm like no no it doesn't somebody thought of this and made a cute promotional video but i i do not think this product actually exists so actually one one of our, some of our mutual friends i mm-hmm. think i don't know what happened um for I don't know if this is inter- going to be interesting for the readers, but Brenna, <laughs> Brenna and Cody, I think one of their wedding gifts was a handmade Weasley clock by um, Steph. Really? And and I think they had it programmed so that it would like use phones to track where people were. Really? But huh. I, ha- I haven't seen it, so I have no idea if it works. Yeah, it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it because that's so many product videos. This is a tangent for a different podcast, but uh, there's so many things saying this thing does this. And it's like, nope, this is a concept video. This 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 thing does not exist and will not exist. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the cat just startled the crap out of Alyssa. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So Clark. Yeah. What's your favorite quote from this chapter? <laughs> <laughs> As we recover from Alyssa being terrified by the cat. Oh, what a troublemaker. Let's see. My favorite quote was let's see. <laughs> It might be the same as your. Nope, it's five twenty three. Um, <laughs> so this whole time, there's a serious discussion, you know, with um, Sirius, and they're talking about all this stuff, and and Hermione brings up house elves, or brings up Winky or Dobby or something like that, and Ron just like leans over to Sirius. This is five twenty three, and uh, <laughs> it says. Hermione's obsessed with house elves. Ron muttered to Sirius, <laughs> casting Hermione a dark look, and uh, which interested him. Like he, the fact that Crouch sacked his house elf is really interesting to him, which is curious. Um, I mean, it, just just because like who fires a house elf? Who but, fires a house elf? And also, yeah. like Crouch is very seems very lawful good. So yeah, yeah. like what. <laughs> things must have gone wrong for this to happen i yeah i just loved the uh the fact that there's this serious discussion going on and we just get this like sideline stuff from ron where he's like hermione's obsessed with house elves (laughs) (laughs) and then like later let me just fill you in (laughs) exactly i thought it was so funny (laughs) and then like something he something else came up and uh oh boy but essentially Ron leaned over and he's like, see, she's obsessed. <laughs> and like it's, it's mentioned a couple times here. Oh yeah. That's what it is. I'm five twenty five. Told you said Ron told you she's obsessed with households. <laughs> it's just such something about Ron's asides just cracked me up <laughs> so much. I mean, to be fair, it's very rare that Ron's right about anything. <laughs> so he's like, see, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I get a I get a star for noticing a thing. I just love that like he thinks that Sirius cares. I don't it was so funny to me. Uh what was your favorite quote? Well, yeah, I guess Sirius is mm. is a, a pure blood and so it sort of comes from a, a similarly composed family and a similar background. Oh, okay. And so yeah. like if if Ron were talking to someone like Harry who doesn't come from a wizarding family, yeah. He, he maybe wouldn't be like Yo, this is like this is gonna seem weird to you as she talks more and more about this. Yeah, yeah. Like, but she's obsessed with house elves, which is funny because no, she's obsessed with 
How self-liberation. How self-liberation. Yeah. Health. Yeah. So. (laughs) Anyway. It was just so funny. It's good. Yeah. (laughs) So what was your favorite quote? Um, My favorite quote is on page 525. And Mm -hmm. I feel like you're going to groan at the um, tone of it. But. (laughs) You even have a link here to a web page. I do. So the quote is 525. It's serious talking. Uh, he says, if you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. Mm-hmm. Which it's, rings like something I've read before. <laughs> I've heard that just as general, like, dating advice, like, looking for a partner. Like, look how they treat waitstaff. Yeah. You know? it's So, I mean, it, it's not necessarily a new quote. So I had to look it up to see, like, is this a direct quote from something else or is it? paraphrasing or extrapolating on something that already existed hmm. and of course the the ever interesting quote investigator has looked into this hmm. so i don't know if you've ever looked at this blog but no. that if you ever hear something that's like i swear i've heard that before i miss words word uh what is this called uh wordpress blogs hmm. yep anyway yep, that's on. what this is yeah. um and so it's this is I don't know who runs it, but it's just someone who looks at any quotes that people hear and they're like, where what's the origin of that? And they just kind of go as far back as they can find. And hmm. so that an iteration of that quote goes back to the 1700s at least. Hmm. Um, and there are a whole bunch of different other iterations of it. Uh, the characteristic of a well-bred man is to converse with his inferiors without insolence and with his superiors with respect and with ease Hmm. and a whole bunch of other lengthier ones. A gentleman is one who treats his inferiors with the greatest courtesy, justice and consideration and who exacts the same treatments from his superiors. Hmm. So a lot of different. Here's one from 1910. It is the way one treats his inferiors more than the way he treats his equals, which reveals one's real character. Yeah. That's like pretty much the same quote. Pretty close. Although I think, um, I think, yeah, that one's pretty Hmm. close. There there was another one that was like his inferiors versus his superiors or or one was his servants Hmm. over or one who can do nothing for him versus his equals or his superiors. Hmm. And so there are a lot of different like disparities that bring out some slightly different nuances, but I do like it's some it's little nuggets hidden in these books like hmm. that, that are just sort of, they sound good and the truth behind them I think is valuable. And I'm glad for things like that, that don't feel like, Aesop's fables banging you over the head. Yeah, it with... wasn't so preachy. It yeah. was just astute. It, yeah, and just like, yeah, it's well said enough for me to think about it mm-hmm. and internalize mm-hmm. it a little bit. And we've had all this situational buildup to, to make sense of it. And so I, I think quotes like that do a lot of good for our youth readers. And in this context, he's essentially saying maybe Crouch isn't the good guy we think he is. Yeah. Because look at how he's treating his inferiors. And that's, I mean, we see that all the time. And yeah. I, in, in my line of work, I see all sorts of domestic violence disputes that, mm, like, mm. those families might look totally fine to the outside world. But yep. in the house, 
there's a problem and then suddenly it's in the courts like yep yep so it, it's yeah totally it's hmm. if you want to know what a person's like pay attention to the people who are in their power hmm. good stuff a lot to think about on this chapter i feel like setting up a lot of pins to get knocked down yep. <laughs> and this just kind of puts them all in a row yeah, we're getting close to the end here. We Can really you feel are. It? Yeah, this is going to be one of those times where it's like, okay, I'm going to go read those next chapters like right now because I really, <laughs> I really do need to know. I gots to know. Yeah. Yep. So, well, hey, uh, if you listeners enjoyed what you uh, just listened to, go ahead and give us a rating or review on iTunes or Overcast or whatever. Uh, we'd also love to hear. Oh, what was it? What do they need to send us? Uh, what, what your favorite cookie is, because it's National yes. Cookie Day. What your favorite cookie is, and or what's on Karkaroff's arm. Karkaroff. Karkaroff. Uh, send us a tweet at Wordstruck, or an email at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this was fun. This was nice. Oh, yeah, if someone wants to get a hold of us personally, directly. Well, directly, not personally. Well, kind of. I'm at Clark Hodges. And I'm at Alyssa Small. Bye. Bye.